And it's Thursday, February 9th. This is Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior, and we're in Ephesians chapter 4 today. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, Do you want to start reading? Or I guess is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay. All right. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Ephesians. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And what Paul does, in well, he does this with all of his epistles, not just Ephesians, but he starts off with theology and then he moves into the practical portion of the book, which is always based on the theology behind this. But you can see him here as he's already laid down the foundation for how that wall of separation has been taken out because of Christ and that we're all one when it comes to the cross, that if we are in Christ, then we're all one people. We're the people, the family of God. So now he says, okay, this is a practical application of this. You are one people. You've got to make every effort to live at peace with your brothers and sisters and don't allow for division to creep in. Yeah, you know, and I love how he starts it off in verse one. He says, a prisoner for serving the Lord. So he's in, writing from prison. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I beg you. Now, if I were begging you, I'd say, I beg you to come get me. I beg you to you know, <laughs> send some people over to get me out of here, mm-hmm. help me get out of here but he's begging them to live a life worthy of their calling. And, and as you just said. Yeah. Which is amazing. It. it was more important to him that they live a life that is congruent with the Christian faith, that's really yeah. living out your faith, than it was that he get out of prison. Yeah. That's an incredibly big perspective. And it challenges us today. As we go into today, what are we begging God for? And do we have that big perspective as we go into today? Verse four, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is Lord over all, in all and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. So he's saying, but well, there's only one, there's just one body. We, we share this one Christ as one body, as one family, based on that one baptism. But now he's going to say, however, we have different functions. So we're going to, we're going to be able to bless that body and bless each other in different ways because of the different gifts, which leads us into verse 9. Notice that he said he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, that he came from heaven to, to earth. And that, that was an old, uh, well, you wouldn't even remember, it was an old worship song in the 80s. Yeah. That he came no, from heaven to earth. Two no, yeah, away, yeah, yeah. From the earth to the cross. I to, grew up <laughs> singing that song, and there were like hand <laughs> motions with pay. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, verse 10, and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. You want to pick up from verse 11? Yeah, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so he says that these full-time Christian workers, these communicators were given to the church and they are a gift to the church, but they were given to the church not to themselves build up the body of Christ, but they're to build up the people of the church, the congregation of the church, to be building up each other. So the end result is that all of us are growing and we are bringing honor and glory to this God. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. 
We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And that just shows us just how important it is to be in good teaching. Mm -hmm. Not just on the weekends, Mm -hmm. that it should be something that we crave during the week to be listening to, to to be reading good books and and to be familiarizing ourselves with the teachings that are in scripture because that's what what keeps us from being tossed around like so many people are today. Yeah, and, and, and they are. You know, Junior, for... Many, many, many years I have prayed, God, just let me know the truth of your word. Help me to understand what your word teaches and how I can practice this, how I can live this, because God's truth means everything. Apart from knowing God's truth, I mean, this should be the craving of all of us, that we truly do know and understand the scriptures, that we know what God thinks about everything, and that God's word, God's way of thinking becomes the filter through which everything else that we receive is filtered through. Yeah that we don't simply believe what we've been told or get on any bandwagon based on what news that we're watching or listening to or what blogger or podcaster that we're on to lately. Instead, everything is filtered through the truth of God's word. That ought to be a craving for all of us. Yeah, it continues. He writes, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Love that thought. The whole body is healthy. And how do you know it's healthy? Well, it's growing. And full of love. And it's full of love. Verse 17, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. So they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and you have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy." So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Wow, such a ton of stuff in here. But he has his whole list of things that he says, I want you to take this old way of living off and put on this new way of living. Stop telling lies. Tell the truth even when it's painful, but but do it in love. He says, speak the truth in love. And, And he says, the thief should stop stealing. Instead, he should learn to work so that he could be generous. In each case, you can see 
what Paul is telling us is that the way to overcome these old sin habits that we have left over from our before Christ days is by doing the complete opposite. If the Holy Spirit is in us, there's going to be a desire to want to do away with the old way of living and to live a new kind of life that will attract people to Christ. To put something new on, you know, because you hear some people say sometimes like, I just got to stop doing this. I got to stop looking at that. I got to stop doing this. And it, and and you think like, well, that's part of the battle. Mm-hmm. But the real battle is replacing it. Yeah, if you don't replace it, you you're not going to stop. It'll you'll just go back to it, and it'll probably get worse when you do go back to it. Yeah, I especially want to point out because this is such a big deal as Christians, how we talk and how we handle our emotions matters so much, and it our behavior and our speech represents God. How are we representing God? This is why he says, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I mean, it's possible for us to bring grief to God because of the way we're living. And then he talks about how, we, how we're how we supposed to speak. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. It is language that puts other people down. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Is everything that I'm saying good and helpful to other people so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them? Am I encouraging people with my words? Even And sometimes we need to have tough conversations, but are those tough conversations is the end goal in mind of building up the person that I'm talking to? And that's why he says, get rid of the bitterness and the rage and the anger and the harsh words and the slander and all of that. And then he says, do the opposite instead. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgive. Man, great passage. But let's jump over to our Proverbs now, Junior. Yeah, we're in Proverbs chapter nine, as that corresponds with, with the chapter today. And Dad, you had a verse. Yeah, that I you love uh, to... verse 10. I want to point out, he says, fear, the fear, verse 10. And again, I encourage you to read the whole chapter, but. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Listen, if we are earnestly pursuing God, desiring to get to know Him, having this healthy fear of Him, that it matters to us what He thinks about everything, that gives us this whole new perspective on life. We make better decisions. We have better control over our emotions so that our emotions aren't leading us. Instead, we're leading our emotions. We just do things better. We, we, we're smarter. We're, we're better in relationships if we are first and foremost pursuing after God and being able to see life from his perspective. And ultimately, that's what wisdom is. Yeah, it just so, shows how fluid life is. I think so many times we break up life, compartmentalize. I got my relationship with God over here, my marriage over here, my kids, my work over here, and it's all separate. This is saying, no, your relationship with God is going to bleed into all of that. It's all fluid. It, it absolutely will. Hey, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we're that's looking right. forward to being with you again tomorrow. 